Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. Another great week. NBA champ, the always interesting Matt Barnes, joined us. Insight into his former team, the Warriors, making another run. Super Bowl MVP Cooper Cup. On the moment he realized Matt Stafford was on a different level. Plus, Jason Timpf tells me about the one mistake the Lakers absolutely can't afford to make. Check it out. Prime Cuts. All the smoke is the best sports podcast out there, along with the Draymond Green podcast on the volume. I just want to say that right now. Uh, it's raw. It's authentic. Uh, Matt's always been a, a real straight shooter. And I think you guys also know that I love Steven Jackson. So it's a real pleasure. He's a busy guy. He doesn't have to do this. But, I mean, you you know this. You know the West. You know the Warriors. The, when I was thinking, Matt, watching this game tonight, I thought the way they cut and move, is it a Steph thing? Because usually in sports, Matt, when something's great, people duplicate it. They rip it off. Nobody looks like the Warriors. Nobody moves like the Warriors. Nobody cuts like the Warriors. And and I come back to, well, shit, it just must be Steph. Or is it? I. In fact, the only times they have problems is when they stop moving. They had right. a 13 nothing Dallas run. When they're moving... It's just impenetrable. It's yeah. is it just Steph? No, I, I definitely think it's a team thing. You know, when I was there, it was constant movement, and you're so worried about the three point shot that that's how they're so effective in the paint because you always have to you know hedge on these screens or or if Clay or Steph are coming off, you know, show or double team, and they get so many slips. But you know, Colin, it's interesting to me in, in a day and age where you know dribbling's at a premium and everyone wants to go one on one and do what they do the Warriors are the exact opposite 
you know, at the end of the clock, you know, normally if, if you look at Dallas, you know, you know, the ball's going to be in Lucas hands when they call, uh, you know, when they call red, red is, you know, under five seconds, you got to go with the Warriors. They continue to move and get a good shot. Even if it's with like 0.6 on the clock, they'll still get that extra pass to turn down a good shot and get a great shot. And I think that's what makes them so scary. Although Steph can go one-on-one as other guys in this league do, but I feel like he gets more success off his movement and, and, and everyone's ability to kind of continue to move. And it's just almost like pick your poison, you know, to, to think that Steph was the fifth leading scorer in the game in a closeout game and they won by double digits. I mean, there's not another team that can have their leading score be the fifth score uh, in a closeout game and even be close in the game. And this team wins by double digits with Steph being the fifth leading score in a closeout game in the Western Conference Finals. Um, coming off an injury is really hard. Um, I never had the only injury I ever had. Um, I, I had a motorcycle crash as a kid and I can remember my parents making me get back on the bike and they're like, you just got to get back on. And, you know, so when you're in a rehab and you've been in rehab before you come in rehab and it's not really a physical battle, it's a psychological battle to pivot, to turn, to, and I almost felt like in the last three games, it's like I visually saw Clay, like just that something hit, something clicked. Now, again, maybe it's just because he played so well tonight. But talk a little bit about, if you could, coming off an injury, rehabbing, the psychology of it. I, I honestly thought in the last, in this series, the second half of this series, I'm like, okay, he's gotten past something upstairs. I mean, the biggest hurdle coming back from any injury is is the mental, the mental strength to understand that okay, if I get knocked, my surgery repaired knee is going to be okay. If I fall awkwardly or land awkwardly on my ankle, my surgery repaired ankle, so on and so forth. The hardest thing to do from an injury is come back and really trust that. And then you add that the kid, you know, the guy missed nine hundred and forty days you know, uh, of basketball. So, you know, he's really been back five months after missing two and a half years of basketball. So, you know, that's why I predicted at the very beginning of the season, depending on what Clay Thompson comes back, you know, Golden State was my pick because I had a feeling that, you know, he's going to do what he needs to come back. He's not a guy that lives above the rim. He's a very smart player. So I knew athleticism, you know, he wasn't really worried about that because he could still get his shot off. But, you know, Clay is really, to me, still working his way back into shape. And, and one thing about this team, too, if you think about it, they haven't necessarily played. I, I think they showed peaks in this Western Conference about how good this team can be, but they've been very up and down throughout the playoffs. And to think the first two rounds, very up and down, you find yourself in the Western Conference Finals. Normally, you know, in the NBA, we want to be peaking at the right time, although, you know, they lost, excuse me, they won five in a row at the end of the season, but they, you know, they were uh, six and four, you know, at the end of the season. So normally teams want to peak at that point going into the playoffs. The crazy part is I think the Warriors are starting to peak right now. And which is rare. like I said, you want to peak going into the past. But these guys are peaking going into the finals. That's why I think they're going to be really hard to beat next round. I'll pivot to Luca. Um, not much of a defensive effort in the second half. Uh, I mean, listen, they attacked him. And, you know, I said this the other day on Fox. I said, listen, you can say he's Larry Bird, but Larry Bird was feisty defensively. He was competitive. He wasn't great. Um Sometimes I feel with Luca, there's a little mellow thing where he, he's so gifted offensively that just gets his love and attention. Right? He doesn't give you he doesn't give you great effort, mm-hmm. and and I don't know how you change that, Matt. Like it feels like defense is attitude. You like I, how do you? Yeah, you have to want to play defense because obviously it's not as decorated. You don't get as much money. You don't get talked about on Sports Center necessarily about defense. But I, what, what I will say is Luca is so young. And he's never really been held accountable on the defensive end. And I think that's why I think there's still a chance for him to change because I feel like he's improved this year under Jason Kidd. You know, it's rare that a coach can publicly call out a superstar and then not blow up and backfire. But I think there's such a high level of respect for Jason Kidd there that Luca looked at as a challenge and not a disrespect, which is, you know, there's a thin line between that. So I think Luca can get better at defense. And he realized now going this far in the playoffs – that he was a target on the defensive end. And as a man, he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, that pride always steps in. So although he's continuing to be one of the most gifted young offensive scorers this game has ever seen, I think where he knows moving forward now, 
is that he's going to start. I feel like he's going to start getting his body, although he's never going to be a six pack chiseled guy, but he can obviously, you know, probably trim down the body fat a little bit and get quicker feet. And then, like you said, defense is a mindset and an attitude. And I think no one's asking them to be first team all defense or an all defense in NBL defense. But sometimes it's just effort that I feel lacks sometimes because he is doing so much. You saw he didn't really sit out in the second half until, you know, Dallas threw up the white flag. So this guy is carrying this franchise and this team every possession up and down the court. So that's why I kind of not giving them a, a pass, but understand that being able to play both sides of the ball the entire game is very tough because he is asked to carry such a heavy load on the offensive end. Well, and the other thing, Matt, if you look at his offensive game, he doesn't blow by guys. He initiates contact. It's it's a lot like James Harden. It beats the hell out of you. Yeah. I mean, Harden at the end of playoff series is shot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Luca's not jumping over you. Nope. He's not John Morant flying past you. Everything is contact. Yep. And so it, it, when I think about who he should play with, you know, do you put him with another great offensive player and it may not mesh? Or do you put him with kind of a Clay Thompson, a catch and shoot, but an elite defender who doesn't have the ego to be a one? Like I, part of me thinks Donovan Mitchell, but he's a one, won't want to be a two. Mm-hmm. Like what is the ideal Luca two look like to you? Someone in a Clay Thompson frame where he is a, an elite scorer, but doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands to be a scorer, a great catch and shoot guy, great pin down guy, um, a guy that can get the ball, you know, get a bucket off the dribble and also someone that can play defense. But like you said, it's, it's going to be an interesting pairing because Luke is so ball dominant. He's so ball dominant, but I think when they start putting more, and I say this with all due respect, he made it this far with obviously the, the, and I, when I say weakest, I don't want, cause people are crazy with the weakest supporting cast, you know what I mean? And, and, and all yeah. those of these guys, are no question. These guys played really well. If you look up and down the roster, he did what he did. It kind of reminded me what AI did when he took his team to the finals against the Lakers, when it was really just AI. He had a lot of hard-nosed, blue-collar, hard workers, but it was AI. So, you know, to me, it's going to be interesting because I feel like there are one player where I love the, uh, you know, the breakout season that, um, why am I forgetting? Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson had, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep him because I know some teams are going to throw money at him, but they're going to have to find a star that can pair with Luka that is okay with not having the ball in his hands all the time because a lot of these stars are best when they have the ball in their hands and that's, there's not a better person in the league with the ball in their hands than Luka, so they're going to hit, you know, his Batman, so to speak, or excuse me, his Robin, so to speak, is going to have to be someone who's just as effective without the ball, but when he has the ball, he can do what he needs to do. Yeah, and Jalen's small, so he's not a great defender. So right. I, I really do think you got to go find somebody who can score but defend. Right. Um, you, you know, one of the things about the Warriors that's amazing, like Kayvon Looney has now become an elite rebounder. Uh, Jordan Poole was a G League guy. He, mm-hmm. boy, he beats guys off the dribble like it, it is. It is fast. Right. They draft and develop. Yes. Really. The key. Well. Key. Did you see it there? I mean, what what's the well, secret mean, sauce? If you look, I mean, it's just like again up top. You know, Bob Myers and those guys. It, to me, leadership starts at the top because I was in Golden State before, obviously with the We Believe run, and it was just a different energy, a different environment. Yeah, we made NBA history, but when I went back this second time, just the energy in that organization is just different. You know what I mean? So obviously, being able to draft and and, and make big moves, and I for one, and, and I apologize, maybe four or five months ago, I thought the Andrew Wiggins move wasn't a good move because I'm thinking, okay, right. back, you know, he Wiggins is not a shooter. He's not this, he's not that, but he was exactly what they needed. He was a guy that they obviously get it, you know, get it off the dribble with the ball in his hands. He can, he can, he's a good spot up shooter, um, but he plays defense. You know what I mean? So they just see things that, that, that other people don't. And, you know, if you think about it, their core was all drafted by that team. Jordan Poole was drafted yeah. by that team. You know, Steph Clay uh, were drafted by that team. They have such a, a great eye for talent, although they're a destination organization still. But they just do such a great job drafting and then kind of developing their guys. They don't give up on their guys. So, you know, obviously hats off to management because they've been able to build something special. And in, in, in a day and age where we're seeing players in particular, but stars move so much, they've been able to keep their core together, you know, and obviously being able to bring back Andre Iguodala, even though he hasn't been able to provide anything Game-wise, I'm sure he's giving these young players on the bench so much knowledge and, and seeing things, obviously, because he's been with this core that 
not everyone is seeing. So to be able to keep four very high IQ guys around, three guys that are still giving to you, at, you know, at, at, you know, the best they can. Um, this Warrior team is special, and that's why at the very beginning of the season, I was just like, you know, Clay comes back semi healthy, healthy, and being able to round himself in the health coming into the playoffs. That I really don't see a team beating them because they have all these weapons. I even know about Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole kind of popped up on the scene late, but I just knew mentally and, and chemistry wise, those are two things that I think that are overlooked in sports in general. And those are the two things that they're best at. Well, I mean, Wiggins, if they face the Celtics, you can just put them on Jason Tatum and you don't even need his offense. I'll seriously just say, like, dude, yeah. hold him to 42% shooting. That's a yeah. win. I thought he gave Luca trouble throughout. It, length, you know, his length, his speed, and he's strong too. And and really, to me, it's hats off to Wiggins because obviously, you know, everyone looked at him as a number one pick. Oh, he's a bust. He's not this, but this guy's been a consistent eighteen to twenty-two point a game for his right. whole entire career. Comes to Golden State now, where there's zero pressure on him. You know, maybe the fourth option, with all due respect. But he's able to really go out there and just be himself. And when they need to take over, I think it was it last game where he had a big game. He was the leading scorer last game. You know, it was just he can give it to you however you like it. But what I, what I like is he's been able to be that guy that Clay was before the injury. If you remember, people don't realize how important Clay was to that team. Not necessarily because of his shooting, although he's one of the best shooters ever. He was the guy that always took Kyrie, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, so that Steph didn't. You know what I mean? So now that um, Clay is still kind of rounding back in shape, I kind of feel like Clay's defense is the last thing that's coming back, but I have no doubt that he'll get it back. But Wiggins has been able to step up and be great with his length, his athleticism, his strength, and then his, you know, his, his ability to play passing lanes. You know, he's just been a huge, huge, huge pickup for this team. The playoffs are here. You can make every game feel like game seven on FanDuel Sportsbook. An official partner of the NBA, FanDuel's hooking you up free bets through the playoffs. Free bets. Doesn't matter if you're a new customer or already have an account. Be sure to check out the app. Exclusive weekly same-game parlay promos. FanDuel's got so many ways to play. Best of all, when you win, you get paid faster than a fast break. If you're new to FanDuel, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up with the promo code Colin. If you already have an account, you're all set to get in on the action. Either way, you'll get an assist from FanDuel when you bet a same-game parlay during the playoffs. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. 21-plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. 
TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Coop, I know Washington State High School football pretty well. You were a no-star recruit, and I was a no-star broadcasting recruit that went to Eastern. But I look back at Eastern, and I was a small-town kid, and I I, I couldn't have handled um a big school. I just wasn't ready to go to a Texas, you know, a, whatever, you know, uh, Ohio State. I think back on my Eastern days so fondly. I was in uh, Dressler, one of those circular. Yep. Yep. I was on um, a great intramural football team. I remember every player on that team. And I think for a lot of people, they look at Eastern out in the middle of nowhere, but it's got great. Spring, summer, fall weather. It's really good football. And that's where I want to start with you. Like, you didn't get recruited by anybody, even though you had some lineage in your family. Did you go to Eastern thinking, I'm lucky, I'm going to prove people wrong? Do you remember your first month on campus? Yeah, I do. I, I definitely remember that first. Uh, I got up there in June. I got up there as soon as I possibly could. Wanted to be involved in the summer program and learning the offense and doing all the different stuff. So I, I got up there real early um, afterwards. And I definitely, I, I had an attitude. I was very grateful for the opportunity. Um, you go from this place where, you know, I walked off the football field my senior year, the last game, we get absolutely stomped by a team out there in Spokane, not far away from Eastern Washington, and get, get absolutely stomped by them. I walk off that field. Having just gotten stomped and having no scholarship offers, I don't. I, my last football game, I had put it all out there. I didn't have anywhere. I didn't know if I was going to play in college. So for me, it was a. It, I was grateful for the opportunity that Eastern provided. Um, I was also stepping into a place where there were three All American receivers in front of me. So I was also very excited about the opportunity to learn from some guys that had done some really good stuff as well. So um, when I got up there. That was really my heart uh, moving up there um, and moving into that place, moving into Cheney and being a part of that stuff. There's nothing to do. There's not a whole lot to do up there except you know you, you get to play football and be a part of a, a really good uh, program. Yeah, there was zips. There's zips. <laughs> yes, exactly. There was zips. I wasn't old enough to go to like uh, was it Shoney's or there was some bar, but I couldn't go to it until I was <laughs> until I was like a senior. Yeah, yep. and I I felt really comfortable there because I came. My high school football team had 29 players. I was the quarterback, not very good, <laughs> but. Um, when, so your dad, um, your dad was a quarterback yep. in the NFL, Cowboys, Cardinals. Your yep. your um, grandfather was an offensive lineman. So when I read your story, my guess is you were a late bloomer, that you were athletic, but you like popped, put on 15, yep. 20 pounds. That was my guess. Yep. When was the moment for you 
that as a skinny high school player that you kind of did think for yourself, think for yourself, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can, I can make some waves in this sport and even think maybe Canadian football. I mean, seriously, like, was there a moment do you remember thinking, I wonder if I could play professionally? Yeah, I, I do. And actually that, that moment is crazy as it sounds. That moment came when I was nine years old and I stepped on the football field for the first time with the pads on. I was uh, at my brother's coach pitch baseball game. There was a team practicing out in right field. I went and checked it out and said, I want to do this, dad. Um, put the helmet and shoulder pads on for the first time. First time playing, I said, this is what I'm going to do. From that moment on, there was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to play professional football. And I did. I, I weighed in my freshman year. I was 115 pounds. I was five foot four. I put on 15 pounds consecutively every off season. I was put on 15 pounds, grew a little bit here and there. It wasn't until really my freshman, sophomore year in college that I really started to like feel like I came into my body. Um, but the doubt in terms of my mindset, my mindset never changed. I got laughed at all the time. I wore ankle weights to school every day because that's just what I felt like I needed to do to make the leaps and bounds that needed to happen. But if you asked me my freshman year, stepping on that scale, if you had asked me what I was going to do, I was going to go, I was going to play running back at USC and follow Reggie Bush. And I was going to go play in the NFL. That was just, it was just, uh, in my mind and my heart, it was setting something. The, um, so I, have friends in some NFL offices and I knew the Rams liked you, but I also knew the Chargers loved you. <laughs> and so I, from, from two GMs, I know they asked me, they're like, you're an Eastern kid. Do you know this kid? And I'm like, listen, they love him. He's the hardest working guy on the team. Totally focused. So the Rams come up on the red field and McVay's up there. And so the day they're flying in, are you nervous as all get out, knowing you're going to have to perform for Sean McVay? Yeah. So you're talking about like yeah, going through like pro day and like when like they came off the private workouts. Yeah. So I got, I worked out with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I had a private workout with the Titans and I had a private workout with uh, the Rams. And uh, when the Rams came out, I, I, I was very excited about it. I don't know. No, good nerves, a good, a good nervous, but right. uh, you don't know what, you don't know what they're going to throw at you. You know, when I was with the Titans came out first, you know, I had John Robinson playing DB on me and I was releasing against the GM and doing stuff like that. So you never know what they're going to throw at you. Um, but I was excited about it. I, I knew that um, in my meeting with them at the, um, you know, at the combine and stuff, I knew that there was a, you know, a cerebral nature to the uh, offense that Sean McVay was running with the Rams that he was bringing in. And I was excited about that. I was excited about being able to step in and do some of the things that they were asking some of their guys to do. Um, so when they came in, I just wanted to be able to be at my peak. I want to make sure that I could perform for them. But I also knew I actually had to trust in who I was and what I was as a player. And I knew that I was good enough to play in this league. It was just about getting an opportunity. So you go from Eastern and then you go to your first camp and that's a big leap. I mean, it's, it's Carson Wentz has had to make it from that level. Uh, Trey Lance. Now you make that leap. So it's hard enough to make the leap from Ohio State to the NFL. Uh, do you remember your first NFL practice? Yeah, no, I do. I do. I, luckily, we were able to go through a little bit of a mini camp first, a little rookie mini camp. But I remember coming out here that first day, and there is a an uptick in the speed and the intensity. Certainly, um, there's not room for there's not much room for error. Um, and quickly, it was a realization of how important the details are. The details and your technique were going to set you free in this league, and no, I, I love that, though. I love the challenge that that presented, the opportunity presented for me to be able to dial into, dial into those things. Those are all things that were under my control. Technique, being able to be uh, intentional with how I wanted to run my routes, being able to understand the game. Those are all things that were completely under my control. And I knew I could dive into those details and um, get to the point where I'm processing things quicker and I'm taking advantage of those, of those aspects. And I knew that my body was going to follow along after that. Um, so I, I love that challenge that was presented from day one, just the importance of all those things and uh, being able to step into that has, uh, has been great. Can you name the six receivers drafted before you? I name all name the six of them. Uh, I, I, I'm probably going to me mess up right near the end there, but I know, you know, you had uh, John Ross, you had Corey Davis go, uh, you had Mike Williams go, you had Zay Jones went to Buffalo and say, I was a big fan of Zay's coming out. Um, you had Juju. Maybe you had uh, Curtis Samuel. 
Boom! Six for six. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Brady. He can name every quarterback (laughs) that got picked ahead of him. Um, When in the route tree, one of the things I think, and if I'm wrong, tell me, but one of the things I noticed with you, and it reminds me a little of Jerry Rice, is that people always talked about, it's kind of legendary, that Jerry wasn't a burner. But what Jerry did and you do, you don't slow down off your routes. Like you just go the same speed. And it's interesting because it seems like everybody would do that, but it's not true. Did you copy, emulate? Is it natural that you don't slow down off a route? And I think that's harder than people think. Where does that come from? Yeah, I really think it comes down to this. I, I was very lucky. My quarterback coach growing up, the quarterback that has to this day thrown me the most passes that I've spent the most time with is my dad. And I had an NFL quarterback be my receiver coach from the very beginning. That I, that's who I learned to run routes from. When you're run, learning to run routes from a quarterback's perspective, you have no other option except to make the quarterback look good. Because if you don't make the quarterback right. look good, he's going to tell you something about it. So, you know, I, everything I did, every route that I ran ever growing up, everything that I've ever learned from the receiver position, I learned through the eyes of a quarterback and how to be friendly, how to be, um, be able to give indicator steps and be friendly to a quarterback in terms of the angles that you're coming out with, being a friendly target. Um, all those things came from the fact that I had a quarterback teaching me how to play the position. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, I was very lucky in that and just at a young, very young age, just became intrinsically, that's just how I understood the position. Um, so having that as a foundation was a huge blessing for me. So then you go to Sean McVay mm-hmm. and, you know, McVay is, he's just, he's so intense like he's like a ball of energy. And he says like he loves coaching Cooper Cup. Has Sean McVay ever yelled at you? Oh yeah, I get yelled at all the time. I get yelled at all the time. <laughs> That's a great thing too, though. You know, there's a he he is, he's very hard on the people around. He's also very hard on the people that he has great expectations for. And so um certainly there's gonna be ways that we see the game in a very similar way, but there's also things that we see differently. You know, we as a coach. As a receiver, you know, when I'm, when he's watching the game from a bird's eye view, from his angle, from his perspective, he might see things differently than I do. And this is a game, it's a game of, of, you know, playing in the gray. That's so much of what you have to do in this position at, at that what we're, we do is playing in the gray and making decisions, you know, real quick processing. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to be decisive and you don't have time to sit there and think about it. You just have to make, make a decision and go. And so certainly there's times that we see things differently and have to have a, you know, a spirited discussion about, you know, what the right way is to do it. But the greatest thing here is Sean's humility and his ability to understand that collaboration is at the end of the day, if we can collaborate together and hear the voices that need to be heard and come to a solution, we're going to be at the right place. It's not about one person making the decision saying we're going this way. So figuring out together what's best for us and then um, being able to be as efficient and effective as possible as an offense. Um, listen, uh, you were good friends with Jared Goff, but it's a business. It happens. Um, Mel Kuyper once told me that Matt Stafford was on, one of the only quarterbacks he'd ever seen that could have gone high school to the pros. Mm-hmm. You could have put him on a roster, had him back up, grow up, mature. Mm-hmm. What was the first pass Stafford threw to you in practice that you were like, whoa? I mean, it's Matt Scott. Like he could be a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. Like it's rare. It's top four or five in the league. (laughs) Could you hear it? They hear the spin. Was there a moment you were like, dude, this dude's got an arm? Yeah. You know what's funny? He's bringing this up. I hadn't thought about this, but probably the play that happened during OTAs, probably a year ago to the day almost, that it was like the the light went on, like, oh, that is what makes this guy great. Is it the exact same play that we ran that he no looked in the Super Bowl? was honestly the first that, that that was the first time where I went back. I I felt what he had done. I, I, I'm like, I think he might have just no looked at one. And I went back and watched on film and seeing him manipulate people underneath and do what he did with his eyes and being able to throw the ball that he did. It was literally on the exact same play that he no looked in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, when he, he had that great one um, on that last drive, it was literally the exact same play. But yeah, that was the moment where it's like this guy has something that is different. It's not, he's not a quarterback that's reactive. He, you know, the saying, take what the defense gives you. A lot of the times that's true. 
He also understands how to say, no, I'm going to dictate where this ball is going and move the people and make sure that I can make the throw that I want to make. That's going to be the big play. That that throw against Tampa when, I mean, Cooper, like literally the boat's losing water. Like I'm sitting there watching going, guys, come on, get it together. It's like one of those NBA runs. Somebody hit a basket. I know. So you, on that play, was that – Take me. Was that going to be? I'm throwing it to you. Period. Or was he watching the break? Because that was really that really was the play of the season for you at that point. Yeah. So that play wasn't even called for me. That play was called for Van Jefferson running a little dagger route. I was going to try to occupy the deep safety trap, pull out some guys running down the middle of the field, and Van Jefferson was running a little widened dagger um, in cut um, at like 20 yards. I was coming in there, and the ball was going to be coming to him. And we're going to try to get up there, spike the ball, and get one more play. Um, and they end up sliding into that zero late. Don't quite hit it how they want to. I feel a safety slide over, and I just hit it and hope that Matthew was going to be able to get that thing up. And uh, I mean, what, what Matthew did, what, what's not appreciated on that play, Matthew be able to see zero by enough time, and he put the ball up when I was about 12, 13 yards down the field, but it wasn't caught until about 40 or 40 plus yards down the field, you know, for him to put the air on it that he needed to, to allow me to, you know, catch that in stride. As long as I was running down the field, um, it was an incredible throw on his part. You know, it's interesting uh, when OBJ came to the Rams, he was really effective in that Super Bowl. He was also really effective immediately. Do you ever, whether it's Robert Woods or OBJ, do you ever watch other guys on film coop and you're just like you know i'm gonna borrow that like Mm -hmm. footwork an angle like do you still like like obj if i said to you what do you see when you watch obj as a receiver his patience at the top of the routes his ability to no matter what happens if he loses his release his ability to be patient enough and trust that the depth of his route and the timing in which he's going to come open within the progression of wherever the play is his ability to understand that and understand that the patience at the top of the route is going to allow him to to win still um, is my biggest thing about Odell. He plays with such confidence and such patience. Um, that's a great thing. I mean, that's that's the position. I mean, it is an art form because it's not about just how fast you can run. It's getting open at the right time as well, being in the right place at the right time. And uh, you know, his ability to get to the top of routes and you know, understanding how to use his eyes to manipulate guys. Um, face freezing guys. He did an incredible job um, at that. So, and certainly I, I want to grab things from guys as much as I possibly can. This is, I said, receiver is an art form. I want to grab as much as I can from other people. It's not all going to work. I can't do the things that Calvin Johnson did. Um, you know, there's a, some Andrew Hawkins has some stuff that he does that I couldn't do, but grabbing little pieces from each guy and being able to say, what, how much, how many tools can I add to my utility belt? How many things can I have up, you know, week in and week out to be able to allow me to win? Um, I'm, I'm all about that. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You know, Jason... I understand people who hate the Warriors. They acquire KD, you know, Steph's mugging for the camera. 
Uh, they've won a lot. Like, I get it. But I think it's beautiful basketball. The cutting, you know, there are a lot of teams um, say they get along. I can watch the Warriors until they get along. And I don't know if it's Kerr, it's Steph, it's Clay, but there is a harmony, Jason. Uh, you can go to the Y. And there are just times you get the right five guys and they're just, they move without the ball. But I, the harmony watching the Warriors play, you can hate them. They don't even look like the remaining three offenses to me. I mean, you're a hooper. I love watching them play. I think it's tremendous television. That's my take on Golden State. They're impossible to replicate. You know, they're the most unique team in the NBA and teams have tried, but they failed. Do you remember the Luka Doncic trade? The one that sent the Atlanta Hawks two first-round picks, one for Trey Young, one for Kevin Herter. And all the talk surrounding that day was, we're trying to replicate the Steph Clay backcourt. And then they went out to play basketball and they played just like everyone else <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's such a unique style and it requires a selflessness and a commitment to moving without the basketball, being a threat at all times you know, being a part of something bigger than yourself. But not only that, but a commitment to the defensive end. Steph and Clay, pretty much from their time when they first started playing with Team USA, embraced the defensive end in a way that so many offensive-minded guards have not. And when you combine that with their, you know, unique offensive play style, they're extremely difficult to replicate, to, to prepare for. I think Dallas, you know, they're making Dallas look bad. Dallas is not bad. Dallas was the second best team in the league since January 1st. They beat Phoenix for a good reason. You know, they demonstrated, you know, their ability to completely dissect, you know, traditional basketball teams. But Golden State's not a traditional basketball team. They're going to put you in tough spots and, and Dallas just hasn't been able to match it. You know, I, I said before the series, I thought Phoenix, outside of Mikhail Bridges, you know, Booker and Chris Paul just don't match up at all with Luka. He's thick. You know, people lament his uh, cardio shape, but he's he's heavy. I mean, he's like a he's like a, a lumbering fullback. He's just a lot of body on you. But Draymond and Wiggins, and they didn't play Kuminga much, but he and I I just found throughout the course of this series is they they didn't buy his pump fakes. Like Wiggins is so twitchy, he doesn't have to he'll he'll block the shot. And I and I think there was a real discipline the way Golden State played. They're like, listen, we're gonna just keep him in front of us. Don't buy his fakes. If he hits the shots, he hits the shots. And I thought as good Monty Williams is a good coach, but I didn't think they were terribly disciplined with Luca. God, any pump fake and Phoenix was in the air. And I think Golden State's just said, We're not leaving our feet. I mean, I can almost hear Kerr. We're not leaving our feet. That, that's what when I watch them against Luca, whether it's a box, a trap, the zone, it's it's all the same principles to me. And I think Luca, not that he's frustrated, but it, it's it's he gets almost everybody in the league, Jason, in the air. And Golden State's not buying any of it. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins' twitchiness buys him margin for error on defense. He doesn't have to beat you to a spot. He can recover. That elite recovery athleticism basically allows him to play more disciplined on defense. You know, I thought a huge swing factor in this series was, you know, coming into the series, the question was, are we going to let Luka play isolation ball and stay home on shooters? Or are we going to send help towards Luka and, you know, play the gambling game with the shooting? And throughout this entire series, there's been one stretch where Dallas has consistently made shots, and it was the first half of game two. And they decided to mail in the, de the, the defensive end in the second half, a thing that young, young, inexperienced teams that haven't built up the necessary scar tissue, the pain of losing, they let an opportunity slip there because they rely so heavily because Golden State was sending so much help to Luka. They rely on people knocking down those open shots. And to be clear, they did through two rounds. They were an amazing wide open uh, three-point shooting team, but they got into this series and it they stopped going down and they had no second punch and versatility wins in the playoffs. If you can take away a team's best punch and they don't have a counter that they can go to, you're almost always going to win in that case. Golden State has a bunch of different ways they can go. I made this argument the other day when the Patriots want, had their dynasty, they could have won all of them or lost all of them. I mean, they were all, I mean, people uh, lament the Mario Manningham catch if they're a Patriot fan or David Tyree. They, every single game, other than maybe the Rams, was an absolute 
peril with four minutes to go. The Warriors are different. The Warriors have had bad breaks. Um, they fell apart against Toronto. Literally, all but one starter was hurt. They were a better team, easily. Um, you know, certainly Kyrie hit maybe the shot of the decade, but there was a Draymond suspension. I think Andrew Bogut got hurt. Like Steph was hurt. That's right. That's right. And I look at the Warriors and I think, I think they're a better dynasty than we think. That's that's my takeaway. Now, I may be a little hyperbolic because I love their style. Where do we put them? How is there? There's two versions. Now we're moving to a third version. Is it possible they're actually in a sport that tends to popularize the fun and flashy? They don't get enough credit. No, they they don't get nearly enough credit. You know, it's it's. I think what you're seeing too that people are glossing over here is just how insanely talented the league is. And I think I think LeBron gets hurt in this regard as well. People, Steph and LeBron, the Warriors and LeBron made this look easy when it's not. When the league is as talented as it is, like this is a very good Dallas team that they are dismantling right now. You know, and that Memphis team was even without John Morant, an entirely different beast that they had to deal with. But, and, you know, most importantly, it speaks to the consistency. You talked about luck. One of the easiest ways to counter that is to give yourself a bunch of shots at the table. You know, you, you, in terms of winning a championship, a lot of things do have to go your way. But if you put yourself in position seven times, chances are you'll win three or four of them. And that's the, that's the advantage of consistent success. Sometimes things break your way. It's like the 2020 title for the Lakers. You know, it, a lot of things went their way. Steph got hurt. Kevin Durant got hurt. You know, you end up playing a Miami Heat team in the finals that's very flawed. But again, just you get enough cracks at the table that goes your way. It, it's the counterbalance to Kyrie getting hurt and Kevin Love getting hurt in 2015. You got to get to the table enough times so that some things can go your way. Let me give you one Laker question. Uh, I, I, when the Lakers brought in Westbrook, I'm not a Westbrook fan. Um, and I, you know, my, my takeaway was an obvious one. He can't play off the ball. And LeBron is a de facto point guard and should be. It's, it's like what Giannis or Luke has become. Like, just that's where the offense gets the genesis of the offense for the Bucs is Giannis. I mean, I can see the offense. It's the same thing every time down the floor. Here comes Drew Holiday off the curl. And it's like, okay, this is what they do. So LeBron's going to have the ball that every offense that LeBron's on, it, they all look the same. They're all generated from the same space and they should because he's a, a brilliant ball handler and one of the great passers of all time. So, but I thought that my takeaway was, well, Anthony Davis has hurt a lot. LeBron gives you probably 65 games now. Somebody's got to score 28. They just don't have enough scores. And then the toxicity was worse. He was worse than I thought. And I'm like the least Westbrook-centric guy in the, le in the media. I think you have to move him because it's not just a fit. He lacks self-awareness. And... You know, Jason, you can be a lot of things, but if you don't get it and you don't get, you don't get it, you're not coachable. I don't, I, I think you have to move him. And I think they're leaking the story that coaches are being asked how Westbrook would work because they want teams to think they're going to give it another try, but I don't think they want to. That's my take on it. Where do you think the Lakers look like game one next year? They simply can't bring him back. The, in terms of, in terms of how bad this year was, which is an all-time catastrophe. We're talking about a team that literally was the second leading favorite in Vegas going into the season. It, it's a catastrophe, a catastrophe of all-time NBA history uh, proportions, and you need to somehow cleanse that. And like, I don't care what Russ says, which by the way, his, his exit presser was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in terms of a person deflecting any and all blame for anything that happened to him in, uh, during the season. But if you're going to reset, you can't bring that guy back into training camp. I don't care if he makes apologies. I don't care if he works hard this summer. There's no, that would be such a bad gamble on their part. And what, what's dangerous here is the pride because the reality is, is you might have to attach a first round pick to Russ to get rid of him. But the front office is concerned of the optics of that, which is exactly because we've seen reporting. Uh, the Lakers don't want to attach a first round pick to Russ. That's great. Nobody wants him. So how are you going to get rid of him unless you're willing to attach an asset to him, right? And at a certain point, that pride and, and just... 
it, no one in the the entire hierarchy of the Lakers is willing to just admit they made a mistake and move on. And, and clinging to that has been the biggest problem. But the only way I will feel even remotely optimistic about this is if they can get him out. And the advantage here is if you can flip him for we'll call them overpaid role players because you're going to get bad contracts in return because Russ is a bad contract. But there are overpaid role players that are better basketball players in a small role next to LeBron and AD than they would be elsewhere. Andrew Wiggins is a fantastic example of this. Max contract in Minnesota, you don't want anything to do with it. Role player alongside really good players, all of a sudden he's a functional piece. So embracing that and understanding that, you know, flipping one bad contract that can't play for you for two or three bad contracts that can immediately play roles alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that's a lot better option for you. So, I mean, I will, I, I will feel horrible for Laker fans if they bring Russ back. That would be such an unbelievable disaster. volume make sure to check out the draymond green show i brought draymond green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports unique perspective understands behind the rope also chops up with guests like gary payton zach levine tracy mcgrady make sure download the draymond green show wherever you get your podcasts only on the volume podcast network Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. 